Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Welcome, listeners, to episode 95 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. Ah, the podcast! There's a freaking typo, right? (laughs) So instead of Two Vets Talk, right, I've got Two Vets Talk Pets. So I've hit, I've hit a, I've hit, I've hit a road bump right halfway through. So just, just like when you're going for a run, right, and you trip on a stone, right, and it takes three steps to actually try and find your footing again. I've done that, and then I've just I've fallen on my ass. The podcast. The podcast. This is gold, mate. Uh, you know I'm not editing that out. No, no, this can go straight to this. Is, this will give the Patreon guys something. Yeah, this, no, is, what, no. this, is, what, this is what they pay the two dollars a month for. It started. It started. started, started mate. Oh crap! Right here. Should, should, should I still take it from the top? I should probably should. Maybe I should swear, and so then you got to go through and drop. You some, did. Yeah. You said the A word. Oh, did I? Yes, the oh. donkey. Oh, oh, the ass. Yes. Oh, that's a, that's the second beep for you. So that's why you can either choose to cut this all out, <sighs> right, or you can go in and put your beeps in. The the options up to you, mate. You know. Welcome, listeners, to episode ninety-five of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. Where too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Andert, and I'm joined by a vet who just this week has founded a society to try and help to support non-Australians who have been deceived by Australian nationals as to the existence and danger of drop bears. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? I'm good, Robbie. I'm good, mate. Have you ever drop bared a, a, a foreign person? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think it's pretty standard Aussie joke, isn't it? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, but it's not always a winner. Very gold, mate. So you're obviously talking about the uh, Scottish reporter that was done in, yes, uh, and, and the fires uh, by uh, one of the, one of our colleagues. Oh, was a vet? Yeah, was yeah it? it was a vet colleague. Yes, oh, nice. yeah, it was. It was. It was very good. I don't know if you've seen it. Got it. Got her to don the uh, the full motorcycle protective leathers. Yeah, right. And uh, and the goggles. It was definitely the 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 motorcycle leathers. It just wasn't other leathers that he had lying around. Right. Definitely. No, yeah, 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 motorcycle yeah, leathers. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then. Uh, um, the the goggles and gave a big spiel about the drop bit looks a bit like a koala. Yeah, yeah. But you know, don't look at it in the eye. Differences. Don't look at the eye. If it bites you, it's got a little bit of venom in those teeth. Won't kill you. Just cause a real irritation. Fair to say, the reporter was quite quite worried. But I think the thing it should have given away is that it's just some bloke's come along with his flanny on and handed it the koala to it. <laughs> It's because here in Australia we've got we've got an immunity to the venom. That's ah. the thing. You know, it's like like beekeepers. You know, like once you get once you've been stung a few times, really, it's just you know it's just fine. Is that right? Oh, I think so. Is that yeah. the same for snake catchers? Oh, I think so. I've, a client showed me a video of a. Um, he said, "Oh, are you any good with snakes?" I said, "Oh no, 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 <laughs> Doctor Robbie, do not do snakes." Oh, yeah. He said, "Oh yeah, neither do I." But watch this. So they had a um, a copperhead um, in their front yard the other night on one of the really hot days, and uh, so they had to call in the snake catcher. Right. And he's gone, "Oh yeah, watch this." So he shows, pulled out his phone, and shows me the video of the snake catcher coming along and just you know pinning down the uh, the, the the snake, grabbing it by the tail. The snake's thrashing around. He's going, "Okay, yeah, Robert, just open up, open up the." Plastic container. He hadn't taken the lid off the plastic container yet, Lewis. While he still had it flapping around, popped it in there, chucked the container. Oh, yep, no, job's done. Wow. No, no, you can have all of that. That's fine. I've got zero interest in that whatsoever. And what did he walk? uh, You know, a street away, and then let it go again. 
Probably. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah that's what be, they're meant to do. Because, because then the snake comes back yeah. and then it's return business. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, this is definitely a different snake. Yeah, this must de- have been the partner of the other one. I didn't put it in next door's property. Yeah, no, no, no not way. at all. Not no. at all. No, no, where they've got the pool and everything like that. They're not yeah. back till next week anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a perfect place, per- perfect place to, uh, to try and lay it down. Anyway, what have you been doing up uh, doing this week, mate? Uh, well, we've got what the charity have? ball coming up, haven't we, mate? We do, yes. So for mental health awareness and... Uh, and the veterinary a- industry with uh, the, the animal health care professionals. Exactly, and we're, we're emceeing for the night, so we've been a bit of prep for that, haven't we? We have been. We've been trying to work out what our dress is going to be. Yes. You know, we're trying to work out, are we going to uh, uh, ham it up, or are we going to go the straight, straight bat tuxedo? Yes, or the safari suit. The like, safari like, suit. Like we've flown in from the jungle, like we're some real celebrity that's stuck in the jungle. So some real celebrity vet that, that uh, turned down the chance of being the MC. That's right, to, to go to the jungle. Yes, that, that could be us. We we were going to be in the jungle, but we decided to MC instead. Correct, correct. Just because we, we wanted to wear the pith helmet. Yes. So if if you're going to the if you're a vet or a nurse or someone in the industry out there and going tonight, come say good day. Come say hi. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. And and make sure you laugh at our jokes because uh, we've been working very hard on trying to come up with some jokes to actually see whether or not we don't die in the AWS donkey that we're well, talking about well, before. Well, speaking of that, is, um, uh, we, we have decided we're not going to the white suit, haven't we? Because uh, it's quite literally, I'm probably going to besmirch it <laughs> in, <laughs> some, besmirch, in some stage. Besmirching another verb, is it, for uh, for you know, a little bit of a, a, a sphincter release, is Exactly, it? yes. Yeah, yeah. You've been yeah. getting a little, a little concerned with it. You know, oh, I yeah, think, that's I think me, it'll be fine. It's all well and good, us talking in the microphone, you know, uh, in, in the the confines of the pod cave. But um, it's, it's actually quite funny when we've had other uh, other guests come in the game. They seem all really nervous. Yes. And everything. It's like, like it's we are not performing in front of a crowd. It's fine. You know, we talk in front of a microphone. And unless you've, you know, particularly if you wear a blue suit at the Cat Lovers show and you're trying to sell a certain uh, thing, yeah, we'll give you options of being able to try and cut out your story you know, if, you're, if you're not happy with it. But this is our first time of actually going live. Yes, taken, it is. It you know, is. No, it's, no it's net. Like a, maybe we could record it and make it a live show. Why not? Yeah, Let's potentially. Do it. Anyway, it depends on how funny the jokes are. Yeah, yeah good point. How many laughs we get? We put some canned laughter in there. What do you reckon? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any of that ready to go, Lewis? No, not at all. I'm not quite ready. Need to p- plug it out a bit. But so, so imagine if we had a funny joke, but then no one was laughing. What could we do? <laughs> <laughs> Just nice. one like that. I thought you were going to do the little baby one. There you go. Yeah, yeah, you've been sitting on that one. We can't have that at the, at, the, at the ball, though. It's not suitable. No. Speaking of funny, though, I was told a funny story today at work. Um, so uh, it's a Saturday, and so, you know, you, you're always running a little bit behind because, you know, things going on. And so guys go, look, have you got time for me to tell you a funny story? In the back of my mind, I was thinking no. But I thought, <laughs> you know what? I'm recording a podcast today, so I need content. So, yeah, tell me a funny story. He said, so uh, he's got a dog that's got uh, got some mild allergy issues, and so it's got an allergy shampoo. Um, and they went away for it for a couple of weeks, and so they uh, made sure they bought enough shampoo for when the dog was staying with uh, with his in-laws. And he said, you know, my, uh, my mother-in-law, her English is, isn't her first language, so she doesn't speak great English. But um, we made sure, we said to her, look, you know, wash the dog in the shampoo once a week. And so we came back and, um, you know, after buying this big bottle of shampoo, half the shampoo had gone. <laughs> He's gone, where's, where's all the shampoo gone? She's gone, oh, feel my hair. <laughs> my, my, ha- my hair feels so good because I've been using the dog's shampoo. 
He's got, you mean what? He said, yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it seemed to do so well for the dog's hair. I thought I'd use it on myself, so I've been using it every day. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. He, did, didn't you see the part there where it says, you know, for animal treatment? You know, Was, so, it, was oh, it any thickening in the, in the? just asking for a friend, any thickening oh, any, of the any, hair? The, 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 hair it, thickener? It, it didn't seem like it was bringing, uh, it wasn't activating any of the follicles, Lewis. Oh, right. Which is yep. a shame. Yeah. So, it's, it's a shame. But but again, it, so you can tell your friend that, no, it doesn't seem to make <laughs> that much of a difference. But um, And so I, had, I asked his mission. I said, hey, look, do you mind if I say that story on the podcast? I said, well, all names will be changed. He said, oh, no, use my name if you like. It'd be funny. I said, no, 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 no. We might keep it. Yeah, we've we've had a problem once before. That's right. We'll, uh, but, yeah, we'll just keep it on the download. But thanks, Barry, for, for the for the shampoo joke. Oh, absolutely. That right? it was, yeah. it was terrific. Yeah, yeah good yeah. one. Yeah. So, so, so if ever another uh, another company wants to come on board to uh, to sponsor us for, for uh, spruiking their shampoo... I'm, I'll tell the I'll tell the story that, again. About that was the one they used. Obviously, that was the one they used. Yeah, whatever's was. going to sponsor us in the future. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they want to sponsor us. <laughs> well, talking about allergies, I had a uh, had a, a cat in uh, this week that had. Uh, I'd had a bit of a, I think, uh, just had a bit of diarrhea. You right. know, a little kitten, I think it was, had a bit of diarrhea. And the owners weren't, again, English was a bit of an issue. You know, we sort of walked around. I've got I've got a few phrases I use. Ni hueshwa putunkwama is one I often bring up, which you would know means. Uh, uh, hi, my name is Lewis and um, I, am I wearing my right pants? No, close. Yep. Do you speak Mandarin? Oh, all right. Yep. And, they, and they'll go, yes, or they'll look at me and go, and then obviously they're Korean. Right. So it doesn't work. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, a bit of that, uh, and you know, what are you feeding? You know, a bit of diarrhea well, in this uh, kitten. Uh, uh, put a pin in that for a second. What's then your response if then you do speak Mandarin? Do you pull a Mandarin out of your drawer, or you go and get you got a nurse that speaks Mandarin? I've got a Mandarin cheat sheet. Oh, nice. Yeah, little things on there like uh, uh, diarrhea, fuchsia, right? Fuchsia, diarrhea is in uh, and two, two. Vomit. Right, yeah. And I've got a bit of a cheat sheet with some other things like uh, what worm tablet are they on? Um, you know, because we get a lot, do get a lot of um, yeah. um, Mandarin speaking students that are, you know, in Australia, nice. studying in Australia. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, coughing, uh, unwell, sleeping a lot, you know, that sort of just some simple stuff. And right. then if that doesn't work, I go to Google Translate. Yeah, right. Yeah, Did you just give it to us again? Ni Hueshua Putunkwama. Nice, nice. So it just rolls off the tongue, That's doesn't it? Mate, it's well rehearsed. You like Good that? job. Oh, I'm you, you simply impressed. For yourself, you could try a ni hui shua ying wan ma. I just, I know ni hao. Yes, very good. So I think it's how are you? Yes. Yeah. Ni hui shua ying wan ma. Do you speak English? Oh, all right. We used that when we went to China. Anyway, digress. So I had them in, uh, a yes. little kitten with diarrhea. Speaking of diarrhea. And, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, um... And uh, yeah, I was sort of trying to say, you know, what are you feeding it? And they were saying, oh, I think what, what, feeding it, uh, you know, something or other, whatever it was, you know, th- this this brand of food or something. It wasn't Delicate Care. Right, okay. Great sponsor of the show. Yes. Because it was what I recommended it to go on. Oh, but terrific. it wasn't at that time. And then they said, and we're also feeding it Japanese snake. Oh, hello. Right. And I thought, oh, is that a... Is that like a, a drop bear? Is that what they say yes, in, yeah. <laughs> in, uh, in, in Mandarin, China? Yeah. That's the equivalent of the drop bear. So I was like, oh, Japanese snake. I've gone... I don't know what that is. No euphemism, like not well, a, potentially. I yeah. didn't, yeah, didn't know where they're going. I, right. I said I don't know what that is. Is it big? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Was my first, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wondering, yeah. And and then they've they've found for it. a friend, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right, yeah. Generally, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and then they've done a bit of a certain. Show me a packet that was all in Chinese. Couldn't even identify. It, it did look like dried bits of snake, 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 right. Japanese, they have snakes? Japan yeah. have snakes? I'm pretty sure. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so there you go, mate. If, if anyone Patrick, out there... St. Patrick didn't run them out of Japan as well as in Ireland, did he? Oh, I don't know. The snakes? Oh, yeah, I don't know. So if anyone knows what Japanese snake in, send us, send us a message. I've got no there idea. There you go. Yeah. But maybe Could, that was did, causing did, the diarrhea. Did, I said to stop doing that and feed some delicate care. Who? 
are uh, one of the sponsors of the show. Yes, thank because you Because what, what are the what are the diets that they've got, Lewis? Well, the cat one I recommended yes. for this kitten was the, the skin and stomach. Nice. Settle them down. You know, good for those. those well, those cats have got a bit of diarrhea when yes. they're kittens. It's often it's a good novel diet. It's quite bland. There's we, no snake in it at all. Well, not that we know of, actually. No. Well, it is Japanese, isn't it? it well, it's was been it exported to Japan, but not with Japanese snakes. Well, maybe Mikoshima from, um, from Delicate Care, maybe he knows what. What, what the what, Japanese what, snake? What is. sort of a Japanese snake is? We maybe. should get on to him. We'll have a chat. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll, we'll send him a send him a, uh, a message and say, hey mate, is there? Do you, do you have any info for us on snakes causing diarrhea in kittens? Yeah, that'd be good because that's one of the things that they like with delicate care is the stool quality. So obviously they haven't done any investigation on stool quality with Japanese snakes. Well, if it's causing diarrhea, they're not using it in their food. That's for sure. What's that? The Japanese snake? No. Yes. Oh, oh there's no Japanese snake in the delicate care. No. Or dolphin. Not, no, no, established no. That. or whale, or whale, whale. No, no whales in harm. Didn't we work that out? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pretty, so, pretty, pretty sure we cover that. There's, there's, um, yeah, there is mammal in there. You know, no it, marsupial. Yeah, marsupial and duck. Yes, so that's good. Marsupial, yeah, kangaroo. Yeah, terrific, excellent. All right, and also a big thank you to Zilkoon. <laughs> Absolutely. Our what, what, what's Zilkeen good for? Uh, for mild anxiety. Mild anxiety. Mild anxiety. So, how, how many Zilkeens are you going to be taking before we do the charity ball? Uh, depends if we're in the white suit or not. <laughs> <laughs> A lot more oh, for the white suit. Well, you're not, not going to use it to try and block up the uh, the you know, the orifice that's going to cause the, well, uh, the only discoloration. Some, the only side effect sometimes we see is a bit of diarrhea with Zilkeen oh, maybe at better, high doses. Well, may, may, maybe you better trial it first. Yeah, yeah Before good point. you don don't on the white suit, yeah, though. Good yeah. point. Definitely. So mild anxiety. Yeah, yeah. It comes in a capsule. Milk... Uh, uh, highly purified milk powder, alpha casozapine, I believe, if yeah. memory serves. Yeah, it's spot on. Um, and, it's, and otherwise, as you say, it's pretty darn safe. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, very good sponsor of the show. So thank you very much, Zilkeen. If uh, your animal's got some mild anxiety problems, why not go and have a talk to your vet about whether or not Zilkeen might help out your dog or cat or maybe Japanese snake that's worried it's going to get turned into uh, some sort of a delicate treat. Some sort of dry treat in a bag. Yeah, that's right. And also big thank you to our Patreon supporters. You guys are the true ones that keep the lights on every week. Yes. Uh, keep us fronting up. Yep. And uh, and pay for the white suits. The white the white suits and the uh, the the the, salt, the salty dry beans that we've had as well. We've been uh, <laughs> yes. you know, you know, sort of munching on the, <laughs> yeah, the magic <laughs> beans. What are you on? Yeah, your magic salty beans. <laughs> I've been paying for the dry cleaning on the white suit after yeah. after the charity ball. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah. Maybe, maybe we need to get you a. Uh, no, let's move on. I think. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Really appreciate it. Yes, um, go to patreon.com, search for Two Vets Talk Pets, and if you would like to support some of this wonderful banter, then uh, why not sign up, get yourself a sticker. Hey, are we going to um, have stickers and stuff at the uh, the charity ball? Do you reckon? Uh, as silent auction. Silent or, auction. Or free freebies. I oh, will just run around. We'll just stick them on people's cars. How about that? <laughs> Just run around up and down the street. That's we just fantastic stick on people's idea, cars. mate. They love us. Done. It'd uh, be great. Ruin the Juco on there. On there. <laughs> just uh, slap it on the on the on the the, uh, the side of all the cars. You oh, reckon? Just cover them yeah, right in the yeah. middle. Right in the middle where they see out. Oh yes, yeah, yeah on yes. the windscreen. So, so put it on their um, on their dashboard. So when they're trying to think, what what could I listen to? Oh, two vets talk pets. Yeah. We we'll have to have some of the reverse ones as well. Then, so we could put it on their rear view mirror. So when they look in the rear view mirror, they see your my animated faces looking back at them. Maybe we should have some some stickers on the tables. Why not? Let's do That's it. It's a lot to print. Oh, Four hundred yeah. people. 
Ooh, that's a lot. Anyway, so, we need some Patreon subscribers to try and help us to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Now, this was this uh, bit of content this week came from Deb, actually. Which yes, is nice. Thanks very much. Thanks, Deb. Deb. Thanks, thanks for. Uh, how did she oh, find? How did she find time to look for content after she was trying to give us our fashion advice for yeah, what suits to wear? She's multitasking. Multitasking. Very good. Very good wow. at multitasking. Really appreciate it. Get a lot of content from Deb. Actually, um, she was watching the project on TV. Yes. And uh, and heard just before an ad break. And next, we're going to be talking about uh, music for your pets. Tom uh, Advents and uh, and uh, and so she thought, oh, that's great. Uh, we'll um, we'll uh, yeah, yep. I flicked onto something else. Yes, got to come back and didn't work out what it was. So thanks, Deb, for the content. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I thought I'll look it up and see what it is. And it's turned out Spotify has released playlists that are tailored for your pets. Really. Users can get special songs chosen specifically for dogs, cats, iguanas, hamsters, and birds. Wow. The playlist will be created based on the animal's characteristics and the human's taste. That is intended to allow people to listen along with their pests, which experts say can be helpful for animals. Now, I know what you're thinking, mate. When they say experts... Yes. There is somebody you think they would have contacted. Yes. Mr. Ron Pia, the canine lifestyle consultant and founder of the Pet Karma, the man who sought an injunction on our interview at the Cat Lover Show, was not interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, it just about passed out from holding oh, breath. I could breath. see you holding your breath thinking, yeah. Ron, oh. Ron, the little man with the hat. He's back. No. No. They didn't get him. He's not the expert. Right. He's not the expert. Neil, Neil Evans, a pet physiologist and professor at the University of Glasgow, said, while there's a lot of scientific research that has shown that short periods of music can make dogs more relaxed, we have shown that providing dogs with varied auditory enrichment can be used to reduce stress and anxiety over long periods of time. Ah. Uh, when dogs have an appropriate auditory... When dogs have appropriate auditory enrichment, they may bark less, lie down and sleep more, and their bodies are in a more relaxed physiological state. Hence the sleeping and the lying down. Exactly. Now, wasn't that succinctly put, mate? Unlike our mate Ron, and I worry for Ron, I worry for him and his pet karma speaker. Spotify's literally destroyed. It's free. It's destroyed his business oh. overnight. So, look, what am, what, am we give, what am we giving a call? We'll get him on the line. What do you think? You, you want to... I don't know, mate. I don't know. I don't, I don't want another... Hang up. Hang up the phone. Yeah, oh. hang, hang up the phone. Otherwise, you're going to get more Patreon subscribers <laughs> to try and help to pay for more la- lawyers. <laughs> Furthermore, the platform has also created a new podcast... Oh, no! ...for lonely dogs designed to keep them calm when their owner is away from home. Now, I thought... Yes. I want to see what is this podcast. So, of course, I looked it up. Yes. I, I did, did a search. On Spotify. And, and it's here, right yeah, there. Yeah, got it, got it right here. And, and, uh, and here, here we go. Hello and welcome to the very first edition of Two Vets Talk Pets. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton. I'm Listen joined by the best mate in the world, Lewis Kirkham. How are you going, Lewis? Good, wow. Robbie. How are you, mate? I'm great, That's thank you, mate. That's the podcast they put on for it. That is the one for calming the dogs. Isn't that amazing? Uh, That's terrific. I believe we're talking about cupcakes in that one. Yes, socialisation. Yes. Go back and listen to it. It's a good one. It's gold. But uh, So it's actually called My Dog's Favourite Podcast. And this podcast, each episode features dog-directed praise, stories, affirmation, affirmation messages, and reassurance with well-known voices including Ralph Innocent, 
Who's Ralph Innocent? Oh, come on. Robbie. No. Pop- no. No, no. Pop no. culture. You don't know. No, no. Ralph Innocent, Game of Thrones, mate. D- Dagmar Cleftjaw. Oh, I thought you were... Jeez, Robbie, a bit disappointed. No, uh, nothing. Harry Potter. Amicus uh, Carol. A- Attic... Uh, uh, a little bit disappointed, Robbie. Yeah, no, who is he in Harry Potter? Amicus Carol. I don't know. I'm just... Amic- I knew this, mate. Oh, I, did I didn't you? have to Wikipedia yeah, right. this at all. No, this is... And, and Jessica Rain, Jenny Lee from uh, Call the Midwife. That'd be more your yeah, sort no, of... No, no, no. Still got nothing. A little, little bit disappointed. So I thought... Show, I thought show let, let, let's have a listen. I love the... I like the sound of it, though. I don't know... Ah, there you are. <laughs> I wondered where you'd gone for a moment. But I knew you Jessica. wouldn't be far away. Oh, I just love seeing that look on your face. Oh my goodness. There's something I imagine Seriously, what would I do without you? I imagine this was me talking to you, mate. Like, you know, when we're doing our podcast. That is that's Oh, there you are, Robbie. Oh where have you been? That's how we could start the podcast. You've always got that smile on your face. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna be out for the day. Yeah. And we'll see each other next week. But you'll be Still happy, lying on your bed. We'll be home soon. Don't eat the cat. So, listen for a minute. Yes, best listening ears on, please. Best listening ears? I've got to go outside and get some things done. I've got to go out. I know, I wish I didn't have to either. (laughs) It's very personal. It will probably be quite busy and quite loud. Or it will be quite serious and boring. Serious? Either that way, sounds like our podcast. <laughs> I wish I could stay here with you. Oh, I was thinking of you. But then. you don't need to worry about that. You don't have to worry about because that. I know you are going to have such a relaxing and enjoyable time right here. Oh Especially listening to our podcast. Now, and I'm already looking for- as a vet who enjoys behaviour stuff. <laughs> how? Where's it sit? Yeah, you know, as opposed to I don't know, say. 3AW, you know, just listen to a little bit of talkback radio, you yeah. know, or Look, is it is, is listening to Jess and her sultry, calming tones going to be better than listening to um, grumpy old Marge from uh, from Donvale who's complaining about the council bin pickups? Is there, <laughs> the is there going to be any the difference? The potholes in the road, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think I think the podcast. I think it's a bit of a just a, a bit of a good marketing ploy. Great marketing ploy. Perhaps something they've so, so, sourced from Ron. Ron Ron's the, the market extraordinaire. The mar- um, no no sponsors on that though. So I mean I don't know how they're going to be. Yeah, know. but it got a lot of good coverage. It was on the project. You know, oh, good better point. than Ron could get. <laughs> he didn't want to be on a podcast. He didn't want to get on a podcast. No. I worry for Ron though. Yeah, I worry no, should, we really should check in with him. Um, what what do they call? They call um these things uh in- interrupters. Yeah, you know, like Uber and yes. things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, disruptors. Yes. Disruptor. Can you have a disruptor though when you're not actually producing a product that anyone's There's buying in the first disru- first place? Hang on, hang on. What, what was disruptors that? Disruptors was Uber. It was the taxi industry. They were they were doing okay. They were doing okay. And then Uber disrupted that. Well, yep. Ronnie's Bluetooth speaker. Oh, I don't know. You know, mm. he had a stall. Yeah, he'd blue suit. Anyway, so Doctor Samantha, you, Ron. you're doing great. Doctor Samantha Gaines. RSPCA dog welfare expert said, while nothing can ever replace the company and, and presence of dogs of a dog's two-legged friend, research is increasingly showing the effect of music on dog behaviour. The type of music a dog listens to is important, and research has shown that some music can help dogs relax, while other types may have a less beneficial effect. So it's really great. Spotify have curated and produced music with 
dogs in mind. It's interesting that they've said they're less beneficial effect as well. So they yes. haven't said negative effect, just less beneficial. It's a nice way to put it, isn't it? Yeah. But I think I think there was a uh, there was a study that was done. And I think one of the songs they played was uh, Slipknot song. <laughs> They did find that was less beneficial. That was less beneficial versus the Rachmaninoff. Um, how, how do they go with Ramstein? Yeah, yeah Ramstein. Ram, Ramstein. This, <laughs> this is. Is that the one? That's one. Like that, that one. Das yes. ist. Das ist German. Okay. All right. So there you go, mate. How about wow. that? So, so, so I worry for Ron. I wonder if he'll be at the Cat Lover Show next year. We can chat to him. So, isn't this what they're doing on Spotify, mate? <laughs> yeah. What are your comments on that? Do you reckon we'll get an email? We could do. Yeah. Have we got an easy cut in, cut out section so you can cut that part no, out? Mate, no, mate, that's in. That's in? That's in. That's in. All right, I've got one more. Yes. One more uh, article. And uh, I don't know if you heard about this, mate. Did you see the article in the paper talking about uh, wombats and bushfires? Did you see? No. No. So this is a myth. Enlighten the, me. Amid the general talk about the ongoing bushfire crisis on social media, Reports of wombats not only allowing other animals to take shelter in their deep fire-resistant burrows, but actively herding fleeing animals into them were mentioned by several users. Hang, yeah. Now, now hang on. I, I heard about this on the Dollar Podcast. They were right. talking about it um, today, saying about wombats chasing uh, animals. Yeah, tell me more. So this is from the, the Brisbane Times. One heartwarming tweet has received more than two... 255,000 likes. Oh, good That's good purchase. Fairly similar to yep. our, our post, oh, I think. absolutely. Yeah, new, new, new episode dropped. Yeah, 250,000 people like yep. it. Yep. Yeah, and been retweeted more than 65,000 times. That's not bad. Yeah, that's right. I must have a lot of family. <laughs> Since it was posted on Sunday, with many users expressing admiration for Wombat's altruism. The reports of Wombat behaviour was even shared by Greenpeace, Greenpeace New Zealand. Right. Which said countless small animals have been spared from the bushfires because of wombats. The only problem is... Yes. It's not true. Oh. Yeah. It's a, a fake news. It is fake news. Well, fake think about news. it. Have you ever heard of that? Never, Never ever, ever in my life. That sounded like a whole... When I heard it, I've gone, my goodness. It sounds like a great feel-good story, but <laughs> it's I've got a funny focus. feeling that wombats would be hiding in it i didn't even know well, i'd hoped that the wombat holes were going to be pretty but apparently it still gets pretty hot under the ground as well yeah so, you know. but the fact of herding them out can come on guys in you come yeah you come plenty of room in here i don't think it's happening no no greenpeace new zealand later edited the post to explain they had found out the initial posts were not accurate and did not seem to be based on actual observed incidences good right. on them it is possible they were sparked by an opinion piece by children's author jackie french the author of A Diary of a Wombat. Oh, among yes. Among other books, who wrote evocatively about the resilient bushfire response of her local community, including the line, I have seen wombats share their holes with snakes, quolls, possums, and a nervous swamp wallaby. So right. I, I suppose potentially those animals could have gone into a wombat Found hole. Found a hole and gone like hell in there. Exactly. In reality, wombats are struggling territorial animals who rarely let other wombats, let alone other species, share their burrows. However, Associate Professor Stephen Johnston from the University of Queensland said the tales of wombat altruism might still have some grain of truth to oh, them. Oh, hello. He's, he's stuck a, his a neck out. A glimmer again. Old Stevie J. Yeah. He's stuck his neck out. A lot of these wombat burrows could be empty, so animals could easily make their way into these burrows to escape the fire. Right. That's what I just said. Yes. Thanks, thanks Prof. 
Wombats will often make a burrow system and then move on. So often these empty burrows become open to other animals. Right. And I think I saw one post of a butterfly flitting, flitting around All right. in the entrance of a wombat burrow as well. Gee whiz. I think that was shown as proof. Oh, that, right. You know, hurting the butterflies, you know, I imagine. Like, come on, guys, in here. Pretty hard hurting butterflies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it is, it is. Like hurting cats. And <laughs> in some cases, there's long entrances to some of these burrows and they go for long distances. Some of them, sometimes tens of metres, he said. I suspect these sorts of burrows, particularly the entrances of them, wombats wouldn't be terribly fussed about other animals sheltering them mm. there. Well, certainly not if they're, you know, 50 metres down the burrow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even if animals survive, possibly sheltering in a wombat burrow, experts say they will face a fight for food and more permanent shelter in the burnt-out landscape when they emerge. So, unfortunately, while it sounds like a lovely story, story yeah. there's not really a lot to go with it, is it there? It is just that, a story. Because um, the other thing is, too, is there's only going to be a certain amount of air in that burrow as well that's true and if an awful lot of fire comes through that can burn out all the uh all the air out of the uh you know, literally sucking the oxygen out of the air around it, it would. you know you would think that there'd be a you know, potentially a problem with the amount of oxygen that's getting in there and, and the immense heat as well you know what is it a they say bushfire is it a thousand degrees i think that's what oh, they say. It's it's a, a thousand a, degrees celsius a lot yeah. you know um but then that heat isn't just on the surface that's going to go through it, like that radiant heat's going to go through the ground as well. Oh, think so so it'd have to be tens of meters deep. But hey, it's a it's a wonderful story, and if that gets people feeling heartwarm to think about trying to support things in a way that they feel like they should, then terrific. But um, yeah, it's probably a bit fanciful, isn't it? Oh, well, I know. I think um, yeah, certainly had a few people mention it at work and that sort of thing about it, and I sort of thought, oh, that's a bit odd. It doesn't sound right to me. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, not my experience with 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 wombats. Actually, when I did some work experience. As a before, even I was a, even a vet student, I uh, worked at a clinic in Hurstbridge. They had a pet wombat there. Right, Jeez, it was cute little yeah. toy one. I don't know why it was there actually. It was a pet running around the backyard, and gee, they run and they really slam into you. Yeah, it's almost like they give me a big bear hug, and they just they got a really hard bit on their back as well. Right, and they just run and they were just really slammed, like really hurt your shins running yeah, into you. Geez. Really cute though, because um, it was old. Uh, remember the uh, country practice? Yes, yeah, they, they had um, Fatso the wombat. Yes, and then there was um, Roy and HG when they did their um, the dream back in two thousand. That was their little mascot was, um, was Fats- uh, Fatso the wombat. Fatso you know? the wombat from yeah. country practice. Yeah, yeah, and so they had their little toy made up of uh, you know, a little wombat with his pants falling down, you know, or fat ass the wombat or something like that. Pretty uh, good. Right anyway, HG. they're very funny. Those guys, absolutely. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, all advice on the show is generally in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if we have missed anything or if you need any clarification. Lewis, has any topics fallen out of the sky for you this week? Nice, mate. Nice. Well, last week we talked about oh, I had a, a, a kitten at work that had jumped from the 20th floor yes. of a high-rise building oh. and then fortuitously been caught on the 17th floor by the window washer. Yeah, I know. I remember that story from last week, mate. That was fantastic. Yeah. What a! Um, I, I still think that that's a, a just a an incredible story. Much more based in fact, Lewis, than the uh, the old uh, wombat wombats hiding down the wombat hole. Yeah. Well, somebody you know, actually telling me exactly what happened. I mean, it was it was amazing to hear the story because you know uh, I think like I said um, last week that um, that. Uh, 
that um, when I saw it in, in the in the book or you know, uh, on the computer on the ready for, uh, for a booking, I was like, oh, geez, 20th floor. It's not going to be a lot, lot no. working on. And and so anyway, and we sort of mentioned that, uh, that I thought there was a high-rise syndrome. Yes, and, and you were going to do some research. Exactly. And uh, and my thought was that uh, over the seventh or the ninth floor, I wasn't sure which one, that the injuries were similar um, on, over that height to being over the lower height. So... Did a little bit of deep diving on that, mate. Yes, and, and, and is there a sugar glider aspect to this list? Well, That's what I've been waiting all week to hear. Yeah, no pun intended, a deep dive on it. Deep dive, yep. yes. Uh, each year, many cats fall from windows and balconies. Yes. The trauma sustained from a fall of over two storeys, that's uh, from seven to nine metres, two yep. storeys, or 24 to 30 feet for our overseas listeners, is known as high-rise syndrome. So as you would guess, and this might surprise you, mate, yep. high-rise syndrome is more common in urban settings. Wow. Apparently. Wow. It's, wow. Whew. So it, you need to have a second, you need to have something higher than... A barn. The, than, the roof of the barn. Yes. <laughs> in, in order to have high-rise. Exactly. High-rise syndrome. Wow. So specifically to the city environment, yes. I, I would imagine. Studies done on cats that have fallen from two to 32 stories. Two to 32? Show That's that a big the, jump. Overall survival rate is surprising, 90%. That's incredible. From two to 32. From 32 stories. That's amazing. Far or, out. Or maybe the two cats that went from the 32 didn't make it, and that's where the 90% <laughs> came from. I don't know. So there was a study in 1987, and this is the big study that I was thinking of when I was talking about this high-rise syndrome. So this study showed that cats that fall from a height of under six stories yes. have more severe trauma than those that fall from over six stories. Right. So that's, so that's, where that's I got the line. Se- the seven-story from. Yep. And this is what they, they thought. And so that was their 1987 study. And their theory was that the cats reach terminal velocity. Yes. At about five stories. So they're not it's, accelerating anymore. It's not a um, a nice velocity to hit when you're a cat falling is terminal velocity. It sounds fairly final. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, it is true. And it's thought at that point that when they hit terminal velocity, no longer accelerating, they're going at a top speed, they actually relax. So... Yeah, no, so as you hear me out, so as you know, cats have a writing reflex, which any drop from over about 90 centimetres, they'll land on their feet. Yes. So when they're accelerating down, it's actually their vestibular system that's telling them they're falling because they're accelerating towards the ground. Right, yes. And that's what tells them to right themselves and stiffen, ready for the land. Yeah. When they reach terminal velocity, they're not accelerating anymore and the vestibular system shuts off. So and they feel like they're just they actually still. relax. So the theory is they actually relax and because because they're not accelerating. So what that does is mean that allows a more this was their theory a more distributed force of contact because their legs actually come out horizontal. So instead of being in front of them ready to to land on, they actually come out horizontal because they relax in the air. Wow. Uh, and uh, and so. Um, so before they reach top speed, the legs are rigid and flexed, prepared for landing. So they're more likely to break their legs yes. when they land. Because they're tense. They're yeah. ready. They're ready for the impact that could be anywhere from, you know, 90 centimetres to six metres. 32 storeys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. And so, um, oh, six metres. Yeah, six storeys. Uh, and, uh, and so... They found that, you know, when when they relax, they, they tend to, uh, I guess, get a bit floppy. It might be a bit more air resistance, maybe, potentially, um, and, and they see less interest. So that was their theory. But then, 
and I didn't know about this study. There was a study in 2003 in Zagre- Zagreb, Croatia. Yes. You been there? Zagreb, been to Zagreb, yes. yes. Nice. Did a lot of high-rise? Uh, yes. Yeah? Yes, yeah. It's an urban environment. Oh, it is, yeah. It's urban. Fuel. So probably yes. legit. Yeah, very legit, yes. Yeah. Uh, and this... Checks uh, out so far, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Any 32 stories? If I can... What did you... <laughs> Yes, yeah, yes. Definitely. 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 All right. It's At least one. Legit. Legit. So in this study, they found that the injury score increased with falls from between the second and third story. Right. And it was the injuries were variable in falls from the third and the sixth story, but then increased sharply from the seventh story upwards. Oh, so it was in contrast. Were, yes. Okay. So he said, no, less injuries over six. Yeah. This one said, no, definitely more injuries. And they said our findings differ from other studies when falling distances from up to the sixth story where maximum velocity is not reached, terminal velocity, the animal falls with extended limbs. So the severity of the injury does not only depend on the height, but also on the surface or the dexterity of the animal, etc. When falling from the seventh and highest stories, the animal orientates its limbs horizontally after achieving maximum velocity. That's what I said. So the impact is more evenly distributed throughout its body. Right. The body hits the surface first, followed by the head. Ooh, that sounds horrible. That's, that, that doesn't sound like it's going to increase the, uh, the, the chance of survival. So the instance of fractures, limb fractures decreases with falls from heights above the third story. While the occurrence of thoracic trauma, so chest trauma, not and good, increases sharply with falls of more than six stories. Eighty percent of cats falling from third story have fractures of limbs or pelvis, while eighty percent of cats falling from the seventh or higher stories suffered thoracic trauma. So this substantiates the theory that cats falling at least seven stories flex their limbs, so truncal injuries are more common. So flex the limbs to tip them away yeah, so they, yeah. hit, they hit their chest first. While cats falling from distances lower than seven stories extend their limbs, the consequences being a greater incidence of limb fractures. So it is so then there's a little section. I thought this was in, I think this is straight from Wikipedia, mate. Oh, so nice. Great, great to get a good a good handball at the end. It has been stated that high rise syndrome, uh, high rise syndrome in cats is one hundred percent preventable. Yes. By following some basic advice for cat owners. Does so, this have anything to do with stopping your cats from going out on the balcony? Whoa. Hang or on a second, even better, mate. keep cats out of uh, multi-story. <laughs> Don't go to Zagreb. Don't go to Zagreb if you're a cat. Yes. Or if you do, keep them on the first floor. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Good one. Under 32 feet. Or was it something like 30, that? 32 stories. 20, yeah. Oh, 32 stories. So, uh, this is, so basic advice they recommend is yes. uh, keep your windows closed. Tick. Tick, yes. Ensure cats cannot escape from open windows or erect a window screen to ensure a cat doesn't escape through a window. Sounds fair enough. Yeah, it's common sense. Remove any furniture that will allow a cat to gain access to an open window. Good. Tick. And do not allow cats on a balcony area unsupervised, especially younger cats. Yes. And that to was be the honest, case probably wouldn't cat. even worry about having them supervised because if the cat decides that it's going to go off... It's going to go off. Yeah, if you're not there or not, yeah, there or not, yeah. it's still going to jump to the window washer, isn't it? Exactly, yes. Essentially. But that's where this one went wrong. And I think they found most injuries were in younger cats. Yeah. Probably because they're a bit more playful, more yes. likely to see that bird or jump or fall or, yep. you know, it's something, it's something more active, I guess. Yes, yeah, yeah. And this was certainly a young kitten that, that did it. So, there you go. Proved and disproved. Is there anything on there about what would happen should, with a cat jumping from a height, 
that if there was, say, uh, a, a buttered piece of bread or something like that that was <laughs> you know, sort of attached uh, sort of upside down. So I've often, I was asked once by um, one of my mates, you know, that what would happen if you were to, if cats land on their feet and buttered bread always lands butter side down, mm-hmm. if you were to try and put that buttered slice of bread on the back of the cat but with the butter side up, does that then mean that you're just going to have this, you know, sort of oscillating thing that's just never actually going to make contact with the ground again? I think potentially they do get a lot more spinal injuries because they're, you know, 50-50. So they're going to land on their back. Yeah, on their back instead yeah. of, yeah, yeah So, on so their there's chest. less leg injuries because yes. then the cats can't, yeah, maybe maybe that's the thing. Yeah, so they, they're more spinal injuries because they're going to land on their back on the buttered bread. Yeah. Do you think if we had the buttered bread at a certain thickness, that that would help to, to prevent any injuries. Oh yeah, if it was a whole loaf of bread, a whole, yeah, a loaf, a whole of loaf of bread from two from two stories might help. I don't know. I mean, it's a still might be a loaf of bread. It's quite a spongy sort of a white bread. It has to fiber. be a white bread. Oh, you're not going to go one of those crusty loaves. <laughs> no, you're not going to want to go go to those crusty sourdough artesian numbers because that's just going to be too like the yeah you know, the cat will just bounce straight off that crusty loaf. You've got to be something cushiony, Lewis. Yes, yes, something in that. Yeah, so, yeah so I think so. Maybe you but, should let let your uh, your cat owners know that that they just need to tie a loaf of bread to your cat so the next time it tries jumping off, just in case the window washer's not there, they can just land themselves in a nice high fiber high fiber low GI you know loaf of bread and just sort of float down to the ground. I like it. Thing, mate. I like your thinking. Yeah, yeah. Seamless. Sounds good. Yeah. No bread was harmed during the uh, the uh, the discussion of this podcast. No, no, no. no, no. Or, or cats. Or cats. Apart no. from, apart from all the ones that jump from the thirty second floor of their own volition. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A- until they hit terminal velocity. Yeah, I know. It's you incredible know? to think that. Yeah. I was thinking about terminal velocity, mentioning terminal velocity last week, and I forgot about it. But then um, when you mentioned it this week, I went, yeah, geez, it just it just doesn't sound good when you're talking about a cat that's jumping out of something, you know, or even even people that are jumping out of um, aeroplanes. To reach terminal anything mm. is not great. It doesn't sound good. Actually, it's interesting when I was doing just doing a bit of research for it, sort of looking up, you know, trying to find out the articles and that sort of thing. There was a lot of uh, sort of papers by freshmen that are done on you know the terminal velocity of cats they'd done a whole physics oh, discussion really? on it and it must have been a lot of them came out when that 1987 paper was before the 2003 one right because that's just sort of them just being disproved and gone yeah i don't think that's quite working yeah 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 but, but they're all about yeah oh, definitely the fifth story Definitely the fifth story is where they lived. So that that was where the where the the freshman physicists decided where the terminal velocity of a cat was hit. That's right, spot on. Yeah, right, exactly. nice one. Yeah, yep. Uh, so um, now that you're all done for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now um, we do have a little bit of mailbag. Um, it's um, it's sort of uh, you know, fresh off the uh, you know, off the presses mailbag. So it's not necessarily a mailbag as much as excuse me, being asked a question. So. Uh, I was going to say, that sounded like a cat hitting terminal velocity for a little bit. <laughs> oh. um, now, uh, so this is from uh, one of uh, one of our kids' friends. Um, they, they've they got a dog that, uh, you know, is a big Labrador. Um, it's been hot here in Melbourne. And he wants to know what sort of things we can do to try and, or what sort of tips we've got to try and keep dogs cool in summertime. So, Did you, did you suggest a, a retractable lead? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. yeah. A retractable yeah. lead for a Labrador is the best thing you can have <laughs> because then as the Labrador's running as fast as it possibly can, the wind rushing through its hair and it's flopping through its ears actually helps to thermoregulate them. And then go then go to the vet clinic <laughs> with your, your Labrador 
attached to the a, attached to the retractable lead, lead. Yep. and and then and then ask the, ask the vet to hold the, the 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 retractable lead and it's not locked and they can't work it out and <laughs> and they run around everywhere and take someone's finger off yes yeah yeah getting caught around all the chairs in the waiting room oh, oh that's it. yeah that's, it's just fun times isn't, isn't it? it fun times retractable leads yeah they're yeah. fantastic aren't just they? brilliant brilliant so what was the question <laughs> Um, how, uh, what tips have we got for keeping dogs cool in summertime? Right. So yes. what'd you say? So I said, um, I'm going to ask Lewis in the podcast. <laughs> I said, you're going to have to listen to episode 95. No, so, um, uh, so Labrador. So I said, look at big dogs. They often like to play in, uh, play in little kiddie pools. So I said, um, get your mum and dad. Yes. <laughs> 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 you took that, that drink of water. Oh, no. it's talking kiddie pools. Nose, what? Um, the shell pools, the shell pools oh, that you have, a little plastic pools you. that you can get for. <laughs> I don't know what you're going there. Kiddie pools, what? Yeah, okay. <gasps> Playing kiddie pools. I was thinking, what are you talking about? The kids Labradors. in there. Labradors. What, what's the kids? Well, what's... I don't know. There might be a kid in the kiddie pool, but the dog's going to kick the kid out. Um, right, right. No, so, so uh, get one of the shell pools, one of the plastic. Shell oh, the pools. clams. The clam. Yeah. Oh, what a clam pool. <laughs> Clam. Yeah, the clam uh, pools. I know, I know yeah. the clams. Shell, oh, yeah. shell, clam. Shell, shell, yeah. clam. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Is there a little, yeah. Uh, yeah, little, little, um, little pearl in the middle of it? Is there? Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So fill that with water. Absolutely. Yeah. Good tip, mate. All right. What is it? But now, make sure you put it in the shade too. So then that way, if they're gonna splash around, have them splash around in the uh, in the shade. Um, freezing some uh, some treats in ice cube trays. Yes. So putting some water in an ice cube trays and then putting some treats, whether it's their dry food and letting that soak up, or some liver treats or something like that. Great idea. And it reminds me, there's a little myth going around on on the social media is about not to feed uh, ice or put ice in your dog's water bowl. And I forget the theory behind it. It's absolutely crap. Yeah, okay, yes. See. But it's all about, oh, it causes, uh, I think, blood, uh, red blood cells to burst and it kills your dog and don't do that. That is a myth. Yeah. You that- can put ice cubes and ice and feed that to your dog and that's all fine. It's all normal. They're not going to die. So go ahead and do it. Yeah. As long as you're not putting onion in the ice cube trays, that might make the uh, the red blood cells pop. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. That, that could do it. Yeah. You know? or, or making a brownie out of ice. A brownie out Something of ice. Something else you might put in a brownie. With ice and ice, one of those that wouldn't go so well. One of those, yeah. Now that no, that, 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 that might cause some side effects. Yes, exactly. Your uh, Labrador, it'll eat it. So, so that was that was I think um uh one thing. I mean, not this is not going to help me out for the Labradors, but something that it reminded me of that I would do for the cats um is I used to lay down wet towels on the tiles. Yep. So then, then that way, when the because the floors get really hot, you lay down the wet towel, and either the cats like to lie down on the wet towels, or when you lift the towel up, the towel's actually taking some of the heat out of the tiles. Oh yeah. So there's a cooler spot there for the cats to go and lie on. Yeah, and you can blow some fans on those areas so you've got a, a little bit of a, uh, like Air an evaporative flow. cooler nice. sort of scenario so keep it quite cool, just a cheap fan. If you haven't got the aircon, I suppose. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any other plans, any other tips that you've got? Uh, don't walk them when it's hot. That's a good one. I'm pretty sure you said that. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I didn't, but you know, we have it at other stages. Would seem logical. Seems logical. Uh, and don't don't walk them on hot roads, even if it has been hot and then it's cooled down, because the roads often keep the keep the heat. You yeah, know, it's been exactly. A, it's been a while since I've seen a dog with really ulcerated feet from walking on on hot surfaces, but. We'll see another one at some stage, and it's just a bit silly. Well, yeah, if you touch the road and the footpath, and it's hot for your hand, yes, then think of your poor dog with their feet. Yeah. It's very hot for their feet, and it's that thing of you know, your dog's wearing an overcoat, running around with bare feet, and why why jog at that stage? It's a bit of a silly silly thing to do. So exactly, yeah, yeah. mate, good stuff, fantastic. So, so there you go. So there you go, Billy. 
you know, I hope that I hope that answers your questions. What you can do with your big lab, and uh, if they if if you've got an animal that is getting hot and you're wanting to try and get it um, cool it down, one thing you can do rather than just dousing the whole dog wet their their soft spots so armpits tummy and groin yep. uh, up under their tail and then stick them in front of that fan because yep. that really helps to um try and you know cool them down because there's less the, the skin's thinner so it's much easier to get some heat dissipating out through those spots yeah it reminds me when i used to work at, uh, at the greyhound tracks a long time ago that yep. as soon as the greyhounds are run they they were classic for hosing down those big muscles on their thighs and the inner thigh where there's the the big arteries there yes yeah and uh bigger in some than in others apparently <laughs> The big, the big arteries. The big arteries, yeah, yes. Yeah, the run down the middle of yeah, the leg. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you with me? I see, I see where you're going. Yeah. There, yes. And, uh, and they used to hose them down a lot with cool water, really try and cool them down really quickly. Yeah. So, so I, that's I think, important. I think the thing is you've got to be careful, though, with making it too cool a water, though. Because I think if it's too cool a water, you can then get um, vasoconstriction, so where the blood vessels contract. So yeah. just normal... Normal well, it's out, of, out of the hose, that'd be fine. Yeah, don't go and uh, you know, hook up to the uh, the, the fridge with, yes, the, with yeah. the cool water and, and squirt that on. No, uh, no, that'd, that'd be a little chilly. Yeah, that's right. Just do normal water and you know, wet towels over them as well, wet them down all, all over as well. That can yes. help too. So, um, and make sure you keep their water bowls, make sure they've got uh, water bowls that can't be knocked over. And and it, and it might be worthwhile putting some um, frozen water in there the start of the day, even if you put like a, a bottle of um, you know frozen water yeah. in the actual yeah. water bowl, just yeah. to help to keep it cool. Yeah, great idea. Or an ice container full of full of water and use freeze that as well. Yes. Yeah, Sounds that, good. That's a good one too. All right. So if you've got a question, you can find us uh, at two vets talk pets at gmail dot com. Uh, you can uh, get us on the Instagram, yep. on Facebook, on the Twitter. Yes, where we can get t- uh, two hundred fifty-five thousand likes. That'd be great. Thanks. We've we got to come up with a with a, with a nice bold story as well. But if it's going to be a feel-good story. Yeah. It's got to have something that's going to um, that's going to be topical. You know, um, what about Ron and his uh, and his Bluetooth speaker? Is that topical? To feel good? Yeah. Might not be so good now. No, poor Ron. no, no. Might might not feel good. You know, no, um, no. maybe maybe we could do a thing of where um, a, uh, a a pug gets to fly a plane up in the air where it's air conditioned, and so then it's that then that's a way that it can that it can fly safely. <laughs> yes. maybe it could, it could be like that. That's been topical, hasn't it? It's been very topical. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna and move away from that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah excellent. And of course, uh, uh, Patreon. Yeah, we do appreciate you guys if you, if if you've got a. a spare coin you like what we do 50 cents a week you can support us on patreon um we really are appreciated uh, uh, um, appreciative of, of you guys and and it really does uh, uh validate and affirm that, that what we're doing some people like and, and, and keep willing to listen to us and uh and if you're still listening now do us a favor send a link of this podcast to two of your friends friends of yours that you think have got pets and that you like you know listen to podcasts that you think might like to have a listen to what's going on they might have a dog or uh, that, that like gets really hot in the summertime why not send them a link to the show you know if everyone that listens tells two of their friends about it, it would really really help or maybe they live on the top floor of the Eureka tower no, actually, I know who lives there. No, it's not them. No, no, the second top floor of the Eureka Tower, they need to listen to our podcast. Yeah. About high-rise syndrome. High-rise syndrome, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah send yeah. it to them. Send them the link. They can listen up. That'd be great yeah. because it'd be very topical or at least to make sure that they uh, tie some bread to their cat. <laughs> All righty, guys. We'll scratch you later. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, 
and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.